MSW Media. This message is brought to you by Regeneron. If you have diabetes, listen closely because your ears could help your eyes. Excess sugar from diabetes could lead to eye damage and vision loss, even blindness, and you might not even notice it at first. So remember, now is the time to get your eyes checked. Eye care is especially important with diabetes. See a path forward with actions and potential treatment options that may help your eyes and protect against vision loss. Go see an eye care specialist and visit nowic.com to take charge of your eyesight. That is N-O-W-E-Y-E-S-E-E.com. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Dunn, and what we're drinking is Babe. The babe. It's wine in a can. And the reason I'm drinking it, my guest today on the show, the founders of the brand, Josh the Fat Jew Ostrovsky. The Fat Jew is a massive presence on the social media. He's got about 12 million followers on Instagram. And his business partner, David Oliver Cohen, a.k.a. Doc. Going to be talking to them in just a little bit about Babe, the canned beverage that I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. A lot of you are drinking now that summer and the warmth is upon us. I want to thank you for taking time out to listen to this podcast. I invite you to follow me at The Imbiber on Instagram and Twitter. That's where I am. I do this thing with Flaviar. Flaviar is a beverage subscription company. I've been hosting these live streams called Nightcap Live on a weekly basis. We started doing them when the pandemic started. We've had some amazing guests and one of the most recent or the most recent guest was Steven Soderberg, the director. And Steven's going to be joining me on this podcast in the near future, but I wanted to sort of get into this episode by playing you a little snippet from the Flaviar live stream I did. And you can find this on Flaviar's YouTube channel with Steven Soderbergh and I talking about the documentary, The Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls. It's been a sensation. I know a lot of people out there have watched it. So Steven and I talked a little bit about the documentary and, and here's that bit right here. Like Chicago cultural. And, and here's another thing I like about Chicago when I'm there, they don't brag. They don't brag. They're humble, humble folk. But, well, they just, they're just like, we're just doing what we're doing. Like they don't, they don't brag. They don't like, they're just, we're just, we're just doing what we're doing. We like Chicago. We're here. We do like, that was the other thing that impressed me is like, they're just chill. They're just like, we're Chicago. We don't have to shout. If you like it, great. Like what, like I, I, I'm there a lot. And it's a great city to make a documentary about their basketball team. 
That was a, oh, a wow. hell of a documentary. Well, well, that was really fascinating. Um, and there's been a lot of discussion about Michael's leadership approach. Um, I, I, let me ask you that. Because what, what Stephen's alluding to here is the fact that Michael Jordan, his production company, right? That's what you're talking about, was involved in the documentary about Michael Jordan. What are your personal feelings about Ken Burns? Ken Burns had a, the famous, famous, the most famous American documentarian had a real problem with that. What, what are your, what's your take on it? Well, I imagine Ken Burns watching Michael Jordan, watching an interview that somebody had done prior talking about Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan gets to see it and react to it. I would imagine Ken Burns go, Ken Burns' head is just like exploding. <laughs> He's just going like, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. I get that. But I also think people understand, or I think people understand the context in which this documentary was made and that there is absolutely a bargain that is made between access and the dark place that you might go if you didn't have access. Um, but on balance, am I glad that documentary was made? Absolutely. I mean, it was, like, I was, I was looking for places to rip it so I could yeah. see it before it aired. Like I was way into this. I was yeah. way into this. It's 10 hours that I'm glad I spent watching. Oh, I mean, I, I, know. I could I know. have done a couple more. I could have done a couple more episodes. Absolutely. You know? So, no. So I think Ken Burns makes a legitimate point. But I also, that, that sort of implies that there's only one way to do this. And I don't think there's only one way to do this. I think people are smart enough to factor in, in this day and age, you know, the idea that like, yeah, well, if Michael's involved, you're going to get a lot of shit that you wouldn't get if he wasn't. Absolutely. But they're not going to go to some places if he is. If, yeah. and, and, and I'm like, on balance, I'll take it. My favorite is when you, when you did mention when they would show Michael the interviews, because there's never a moment when you think Michael's going to see the interview and go, oh, well, that's a valid point. You can see him watching it going fuck this guy. Right. You know, like he's you know, like, how am I going to tell? He, he just, he's he, first the smirk comes and he goes, no, no. Look, <laughs> and that's what Ken Burns has an issue with. That is a total violation of, of the understood quote unquote rules of a documentary now. And I'm a big believer in, in a certain kind of leadership. And there have been a lot of articles written about, like, well, his leadership style and the fact that he's attacking people all the time and criticizing them and belittling them. And, and, and I go, yes, generally speaking, that's not a good leadership style. However, there, there are a couple things here that are literally the exceptions that prove the rule. One is you're dealing with a sport, a team sport that is unique in its ability to have a single player have an outsized influence. Can completely. There's no other team sport yeah. in which one player can dominate the way they do in basketball. Not even close, yeah, not even close. Yeah. So that's number one. The second is, he is therefore 
able to continually show other people this is how it should work. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing it right because he always did it right. And what he was asking, what was what came through was what he was saying was, look, I know you're not me, but you need to work as hard as me. Exactly. Like whatever you want to say about the guy, nobody, nobody ever said I've I've he was lazy. Like every, everybody said, I've never seen somebody work that hard. And that is one of the key components of being a leader is leading by example. And all he was asking was, look, if you're not me in terms of raw talent, what I demand of you is to work as hard as I do. And that's fair. That's fair. Like, like, can you be nice about that? I think the Golden State Warriors under Steve Kerr proved you can have a really great team and not have an environment that's that hostile. And probably because Steve Kerr took a lot out of that experience and I think was able to sort of maybe distill the best parts of what Jordan could bring and and apply it. But, But they've not won six. And there you have it, the great Steven Soderbergh. A lot of fun doing that interview. Again, you can watch the whole thing on Flaviar's YouTube channel. Steven, of course, has directed a slew of iconic films and TV shows, including Traffic, Eric Brockovich, Oceans 11 through 23, Out of Sight, Contagion. Stay away from Contagion right now, I'm just telling you that. Uh, Magic Mike. And he's got Singani. Singani is a spirit brand. It's the National Liquor of Bolivia. His brand is called Singani 63. 63 was the year he was born. That's where he got the name from. So we're going to be talking about that on an upcoming episode of the show, probably nah, you know one or two episodes away from now. Steven Soderbergh right here on what we're drinking. And coming up in right after, I'm going to take a quick break. Got to pay the bills. And then... Uh, More magic's going to happen right after that. Support for What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Listen, folks, when it comes to dating, it's a jungle out there. But when you do find someone who wants to take you home, you better make sure it's not a jungle down there. That's why I use Manscaped, a revolutionary electric trimmer that makes accidents a thing of the past. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Take my word on this. No, seriously, you don't want to Google snag your nuts. It's going to take you down a dark road. Another reason to get Manscaped is that you don't want to use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Oh, and Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits... Why not use it on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DRINKING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code DRINKING. And always use the right tools for the job. Always use Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right. 
With me right now, a couple of uh, entrepreneurs. They have a very, very popular line of canned wines called Babe. It's Josh, the Fat Jew Ostrovsky, and David Oliver Cohen, also known as Doc. How are you guys? What's up, man? What's up, man? It's Glad I get to get to look at you. You got you got good bone structure, nice <laughs> symmetrical face. Thank you, you right? Yeah. Well, the beard, the beard I've been cultivating during quarantine gives me something to do every day. I get up and I, you know, I check it out. I measure. Not really a beard guy. You have a quality beard going on, Josh, right now. No, no, you can't. You obviously can't see it that closely. It's very like patchy, yeah. like sort of Hasidic, like it's, Hasidic it's, Jew. It's not good. It's not. It's good. not great. It's not great. You're you're the only honk on this Zoom, so we're going <laughs> to. Yeah. Not to like, not to make it weird. We'd make like a good bear couple. Maybe. I think Whatever. we would. Not, yeah. You know. Not, hey. WeHo's WeHo's only a couple miles away from me right now. Okay. Great. What's going That's on? Fun. Nothing's happening in WeHo though. Nothing's happening anywhere. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. No stuff's going no, on, dude. No, don't no. you worry. Is stuff's it? going on the WeHo? Yeah. Oh yeah. WeHo no, just pops yeah. off, but people are just you know not being as public about it. Well, I am. I am curious about that because a, a brand like Babe. So just so everybody knows out there, Babe. If if you're not familiar, is a line of canned wines. It started in 2016, I believe. Right. Uh, you started yes. with the rosé in 2016. Things That's started right. things started taking off uh, right away with that. It was uh, Swish Beverages, name of the company, and then in 2018 you brought out a Grigio and with bubbles, and then a red with bubbles, and then in 2019 I'm assuming you got some fuck you money when Anheuser Busch came in and 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 bought into the company, right? Yeah, yeah. That no, you, your timeline is spot on. Got it on um, there, yeah. But and yes, I, mean, I guess I. If by fuck you money you mean I'm buying a Mazda Miata and getting breast implants, then yeah, like, yeah, Dan, I got some fuck you money. <laughs> so it's it's the kind of brand, and and I was I was I had it over the weekend. I had some people over, social distance drinking, and we busted it out because I was doing the show. And you know, I'm not going to lie to you and say that it's the kind of thing that I, but it's certainly something that I. There are a lot of canned products that I would not go anywhere. I don't like White Claw. I like this. This I'm drinking. I'm going. I, I was telling Doc I'm going to out to Palm Springs next weekend, and I'm going to be bringing it out with me for sure. But I'm wondering, with what's going on right now, this seems like such a social beverage. Seems like the kind of thing that people are drinking in pool parties and at the beach and whatever. So, how are you positioning the brand right now with what's going on? It's it's interesting. We've thought a lot about this, and we totally built the brand to be a social brand, to be something that you share on Instagram, to be like a cute label of like who you are, that you're in on the joke, that you get, that life is fun. But it turned out as, as quarantine became a reality that Babe was like the perfect accessory for quarantine because one, it's in a can, so it lasts forever. Two, it's single serve, so most wine is not. Yeah, the complication of a glass. And so what we've noticed is that the direct-to-consumer sales have been through the roof and we're blowing it out in the grocery stores and liquor stores that are open because it it lasts forever. And people are just like, you know what? Do I want to open a whole bottle of wine and crush this myself? Or I'm just going to do each can is one bottle, one third of a bottle of wine. So it takes three cans equals an entire bottle. But unlike a white claw, you're you're you have a much higher alcohol by volume, right? The ABV is 12%. The red zone is a 13%. 12%. So it's like you're getting wow. lit. Yeah. Yeah. 
you're getting lit on these things. You got to drink about 73 White Claws. I, can't, I've, I don't know the exact math, but 73 White Claws. I believe that's the definition of the ninth circle of hell, drinking 73 White Claws. Yeah, no, it is. It, it, exactly. The whole thing with Babe is like, you know, more party, less peeing, you know? Imagine, imagine being in your house and drinking a White Claw just by yourself. That would be so psycho. That's like so one medical. of the... That's the craziest thing I can think of. You'd have to have lost all capacity for shame first. Yes. And then, yeah, if you're if you're at home alone drinking White Claw by yourself, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe yeah. you, need, you need to start crushing the cans against your head, maybe knock some oh. sense into yourself. So, Josh, you had a, a tremendous amount of, of uh, Instagram fame going. You're working with a lot of brands. And then one day you decide, why am I pimping out for these other brands when I can do my own thing. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it was partially that, um, you know, obviously I only wanted to work with brands. Like I would only do brand deals where like we had full creative control and that was increasingly difficult to find. And we realized that a consumer product was going to be the best way to go. And so we also knew that our audience, like my audience, like they trust me, like they, so when I said to them, like, Hey guys, like, what the fuck do you want? Like, what kind of product do you want? It was a full reverse engineer. So, you know, basically just by listening to them uh, and like just talking to all, because I answer every DM. Like if you invite me to like your prom, your quinceanera, like I might go. Does that get, does that get exhausting? Yeah, it can. I mean, I've had less and less time for it. I used to kind of have a thing where if you invited me somewhere, I would definitely go, especially if it was scary. Unless like, I remember one time some finance guys wanted me to like fly on their private plane with them across the country while they were like doing coke. And I was like, imagine being trapped with a bunch of hedge fund guys on a plane for six hours with no escape. Like that was even too much for me. But for the most part, I would do anything. And it's that kind of connection, that kind of accessibility that led people to, you know, it it led sort of a conversation between me and my audience to be like, look, I want to make a booze like, right. Like I'm like, I'm into, you know, making, making, questionable decisions while drinking alcohol. Um, what should I do? And so the ability to ask that audience and say like, what the fuck are you guys into? What should I do? Cause like, we're not like, we're not wine guys, right? Like we're not, we like wine. We're down with wine. Like I'm down with some like guy in little glasses drinking like a big bodied like audacious Barolo. Like I'm down with shit like that, but that's not who we are. We're actually beer guys. But when I sort of asked my audience, like, what, what are you guys into? What would you want if I made a product? overwhelmingly people said we are fucking drinking wine, but we want it to be portable. We want it to be inclusive. We want it to have bubbles. Like we want to, like wine feels intimidating. It feels like, you know, like you're not invited to the party. Um, So, you know, we want to do a keg stand. We want to be able to shotgun wine. So make like giving them the ability to shotgun wine is hopefully that's our legacy. That's what I'm leaving behind. You know, that's what I want to be known for. So um, having that platform just allowed. It's noble. It's a noble goal, by the way. It's a noble it's a noble pursuit. I agree. I, I applaud you for this. Now, let me let me ask you this. How do you go from that idea? You get the feedback from your audience. You're ready to roll. I'm just curious. What's the next step? Who do you, is there like a guy that, you know, or do you have somebody that's already in your ear going, we'll, we'll make whatever you want to happen, happen? Doc can, Doc can tell you more about it, but we, let me just tell you up front. We had no fucking idea. We were like, yeah, wine in the can. So delicious to make you drunk. And then we were like, wait, what do we actually fucking do? And then like all hell broke. Yeah, it was not, it wasn't the simplest task. I think, I think people, they look at our brand, they look at the social media we've done over the past 10 years and they think like, oh, these guys are just like social media guys. But I think we approach social media content first, but like very close second was data, right? Figuring out, and that, when Josh says like, we listen to our audience, like we were literally reading every comment 
We were seeing what people were talking about. So we were taking the information and, and I think I was slowly starting to gather information and think like, okay, we're going to make alcohol. What's it going to be? How would you even do that? When we first started this, we had no even concept that like there was a distributor, like that you sold, you made a product, you sold it to a distributor, distributor then sold it to a store or a bar or a restaurant and then sold it to our consumer. We were thinking like, we'll make a wine and we'll sell it directly like to them on the website. But it was obviously not that simple. By the way, the other thing too that people need to understand is it's not like there is a, much like the pandemic response, there isn't some giant government entity that oversees 50 states. So every state right. you're dealing with, and some of them are way more yes. onerous in terms of the laws than others, you know, places like Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, where you're really having to jump through a lot of hoops to get the product out there. I'm surprised with everything that you guys had going on that you were willing to take that on. Well, I think like, you know, ignorance is bliss. I don't think we knew how hard it was going to be. We had this one guy named Dave O'Brien. He was this dude who like, we knew a guy who knew a guy who was like, oh, you should talk to this guy. And he was like, it's impossible. It's Mount Everest. But if you, but at like Everest, like if you get to the top, there's three people up there. So it was like, if you can, if you can scale the wall, then you can do it. And we were like, fuck it. We'll do it. We're going to do it. We're like, we want to make this happen. We, we have the audience. We have that unique differentiator that like, we have an audience who's asking us for this. Let's make, and we know we can make a cool brand. Let's do it. So I think we put our heads together. Um, it was it was really Josh, me, and my brother Tanner, who's the other founder of the brand. And then Alex Frazan, another guy that was working with us. And the four of us just like lock ourselves in a room and just crush. We just like, let's figure this out. And we all division of labor and we got through it. It was a nightmare. People don't, People like are like, oh, you guys like started this brand and then like you sold it for a bunch of money to Anheuser-Busch and it's great. People don't like can't imagine us in Phoenix at 4.30 a.m. leaving the hotel to make a 5 a.m. meeting with a bunch of distributors who are wearing like tiny jackets and little ties and like talking about like, oh, you sell on the internet? Like what's social media? Like no one sees that part. And like us at the winery and tasting things and you know, first you know you put in the can and it's bubbling over. It smells like sulfur, like all of these nightmares that existed. It was it was a nightmare. When you talk about the can and whatever, how important do you, how important are you and how involved were you in developing the flavor profile of Babe? There was literally nobody else. It was just you. You guys, you had an idea of what you wanted and you went for it. Yeah, we had an idea of what it shouldn't be, and that was good enough. We knew like the point of Babe was to make wine accessible, right? There's no, every girl named Lauren who lives in Chicago knows exactly what kind of vodka she drinks and exactly what kind of tequila she drinks. She's like, oh, I drink Tito's or I'm like, you know, I'm a Casamigos girl. You know what I mean? No, not one person in our demographic knew one name of one wine. So we wanted to make it a wine that worked for as many people as possible, which is why it was sparkling, why it was single serve, why it had a brand that you could literally read from a mile away. And then the flavor profile had to just be like drinkable. That was the vibe, not like oaky notes and like all this crazy stuff. We always it was say, just, like, rose, rose is forgiving, right? Like we say, it's like, it's the slutty cousin of wine. Like make it cold, make it fucking taste pretty good. And like, you're going to have a good time. So we knew that that for that, that kind of the forgiving nature of rose and that it's ice cold was good for us. I mean, we were involved in every single step of the way. I think 
one of the one of our favorite sort of anecdotal moments was that you know we designed the can right like wine labels are a fucking mess right the people who like create wines they're so worried about the juice and like the complexity that by the time they get to the label it's fucking you know it's a mess it's like painted on in french and little letters you can't read it you can't see anything we wanted something bold and distinctive and when we were about to come out with babe we basically delayed the release of babe by like a month because we wanted the can to be as matte as possible because when you took a selfie with it, we didn't want the flash. We didn't want any flash to come off of the can. So we were trying to make sure it was as matte as possible, which is a, is funny because to think about the two of us, like kind of branding guys at like a factory with some guy, like the can guy, like wearing a hairnet being like, I don't understand. Like you're going to delay this by a month because of the selfies. Like the people, they were just like, the industry was just not, thinking in that way at all and like if the flash had reflected off it that would have been fucked up we actually hurt our first year's business by a lot taking that delay but it was totally worth it we were involved in every single fucking step well i mean there's a great doc's got a great picture here in his background on the zoom with uh kendall and who's the other one (laughs) bella 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 hadid Hadid. and and i mean you couldn't they're, they're holding they're in a boat holding up the can and you just that is about the best marketing you could possibly get. Like I want to be part of that life right there. I want to, I want to be on that boat hanging out with them. We were not on that boat, but we wish we were. You know what? Actually, after this, we're probably going to Photoshop you into that photo. So I'm just being honest. I mean, can you put, can you please put me in here? We hold on. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me take, we'll we'll screen. You're going to screen grab this. I'm taking a screen grab. Hold on. And you're going in, dude. Got it. Yeah, you're in. Everyone's Beautiful. like, why is Dan? Why is Dan? Why is he hanging out with him? I I do hang out with other cool people. Why yeah. is he wearing headphones? Like, <laughs> like so many questions. Well, because I don't want the wind to get in my ear and give me a headache. Yeah, yeah exactly. you know, I'm old. Um, you did. Speaking of uh, Babe and Babes, so Emily Radkowski was your uh, was working with you guys last year. Is she? Are you still working with her now? Because I remember seeing one of those billboards, and man, yeah, wow, yeah. yeah. I have nothing. There's no question Emily, there. I'm just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she, um, Emily's our, uh, she's our chief taste officer, which is a completely fucking made up title. And um, she just basically like, she was a fan of the brand. We were friends and like, it came about completely organically. Like I didn't want, we didn't want to like get some weird celeb to do it unless it was going to be like Steven Dorff or something that would have been tight. I don't know why in retrospect, we didn't ask Dorff. Maybe we will now. Um, but she just had like a million fucking ideas and was like constantly talking about it. We were like, why don't we just, why don't we do a thing? Um, and like, I think enough, you know, like I was the face of the brand pretty much up until then. And I think we can like almost universally agree, except for like some gay dudes who are into like big bears that like, she's probably a better face than I am. I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty, you're, you're a handsome man, but right. if I was forced to choose. Yes. Like I'll give gotta you go Emily. A- I'll give you more of a boner in your heart and she'll give you more of a boner in your pants. And yeah, I understand. That's it. I get it. So I you're get still it. working with her now. Do Obviously it's looking like not much is going to be happening in terms of the summer party situation. Cause I got to figure you guys must throw some pretty amazing parties that for the brand, right? Yeah, we did historically. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would have loved to have gone to some of those. So moving forward now, obviously, like every brand, you're, you're, you're trying to figure out the way. But you're right. It would seem to be something like this where you can get it. It's easily accessible. You can sit in your yard and 
fucking pray to God that this thing's over soon enough and get out there, you know, but it's a, it's a good way. I think a very easy way, like you said, to get a, get a good buzz on tastes good. It's nice for the summer works all around. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely works. So we, we're definitely missing out on events and activations that were planned for the summer. We had, you know, Anheuser Bush bought the company in 2019, kind of midsummer. So we hadn't really, we weren't able to like really use the machine that is Anheuser Bush to like leverage the brand and explode it last summer. However, this summer was supposed to be the summer where we were going to really take it. We were going to be in all 50 states and really go hard. Obviously, all that's been put on hold, but we've been able to take some of the ideas and convert them into other opportunities. We had a huge tasting program that was planned for the summer to like really get Babe out there. Like in the major cities, people know what Babe is, but around the country, people love it, but it's not really available yet. So this summer, it was a big tasting program that was planned. Can't do any of that. So instead, we gave away a million dollars for the wine. We're like, you know what? Anyone who wants to try Babe, we put it up on Josh's Instagram, Factory Instagram. And we did we had planned for 15 days. We thought it's going to take a while to give away a million dollars for the wine. 22 hours later, we'd give away a million dollars for the wine. Like people were like, thank you so much. It's COVID. It sucks. Give me free wine. And it was an amazing experience. And it was a great opportunity to get people who hadn't tried it to give it a try. So we sent four packs to all these people. And it's, I mean, like the, the amount of thank you notes and emails we've gotten, it's been unbelievable. So we really had to rethink how we're doing this whole thing, but it's, it's actually created new opportunities and it helped us reach people that we probably weren't going to reach otherwise. Yeah, we were, pretty, we were pretty well positioned for this actually because we do throw, we always, we always like, as we wanted to like reinvent wine and make it more like fucking fun and like more like for everybody, that included parties as well. Like, you know, wine parties used to be like, I don't like, you know, charcuterie. We love charcuterie and like, you know, again, like guys in turtlenecks, but like we wanted to do, you know, we did parties with, Rosé slip and slides and hot tubs full of rosé, like just really insane shit, like trying to make it like very fucking, you know, very not traditional wine. But we were pretty well positioned for this because obviously like on social, like, you know, on the internet, like the internet is where we were sort of born. Um, and like, so we probably were able to transition better than some brands. We gave away a million dollars for the wine. I was, I've been hosting a live game show where we've been giving away fucking flat screen TVs and fucking Falcons paying people's rent. We've been paying like fucking uh, like like we've been paying like essential workers rent like in all over the country um, doing and like getting like crazy, like tons of people like wanted to come in. Even if they're not a fan of mine, just being like, fuck, like this guy wants to fucking give me a free llama or like pay my rent. I'll watch. So like we've been able to do a lot of things. We have a ton of marketing coming out that's like all summer. That's basically all on the fucking Internet. So whether it's IRL or kind of URL, like on the Internet, like we can we can pretty much do it. We figure we, we figure we're pretty we're pretty versatile in that way. Obviously, a rosé slip and slide fucking rules. Um, and that will be missed. And like, I want, you know, I want a rosé slip and slide. Yeah. And like, honestly, yeah, it's it, it's great. It stings your butthole a little more than you think, but yeah. it's, it's worth it. It can burn. I've heard that it kills the coronavirus. Get that right in your ass. You put that rosé right in your ass, takes it out. Yeah. You know what we should do? Don Jr. We, told me that. We should, yeah. create a, we should create a Dr. Fauci deep fake where he says that pouring babe in your anus cures coronavirus and just watch <laughs> fucking, just watch, watch the show. Sit back with the popcorn and watch the show. You know boomers yeah. will believe that. Yeah. They'll believe it. It's, a, it's, it's funny, Josh. I, I, you know, I came so late to social media you know, I've got this show and I mean, I've had, you know, McConaughey on my show, Florida, Georgia, all these people. And I look at some of these accounts and I think, what am I doing wrong? 
you you should have a consulting firm on because I'm like I've got these shows but I've got big stars on my show I got this you know I had a TV show made about me why do I only have like five thousand fucking followers what do you do how I like that would be an interesting and I'm sure there are probably tons of instructional things on that but if somebody who's got what do you have like twelve million followers now or something. Yeah. Right. I mean, who's eleven seven? Who's eleven seven five? How do you do that? Um, I, I always say, like, go with tried and true methods. Like, you know, like there are things that just that that the internet always loves. Like, take a fucking puppy, Photoshop some boobs on it, and then like add Kanye West. You know what I mean? Like, take some things that you know work. Some tried and true internet methods, because everyone's going to be like, just be yourself, like be authentic, like do what you do, but. I would say really just boobs, puppies, and Kanye West. What about a picture yeah. of me with those girls in the thing? Hold on. I'm, we're going to do this properly. Give me give me two okay. seconds. Talk amongst yourselves. You're going to take your shirt off? He's going to go grab a babe is what he's going to do. Oh, I think you should take your shirt off. Cool. So wait, are we just not, wait, now, now, no, now, wait, now this is our show. Wait, we're recording with welcome, welcome, Welcome to Doc and Fat Chew present. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in his apartment? What is? That? I know. It's like I, I love watching What's him. On that shelf? Oh, that's that's a butt plug, right? Yeah, he's got a. I know. I he has a butt out. plug for sure. Yeah. All right. There it is. Let's get that. Hold it up. Out of the way. Ready? Hold on. Right, yep. They look screen, happy. Screen grab it. Like, yep. Happy like them. Wait. Hold on. How do I make? I gotta make you the big. Hold on. Gotta make. Pin. Pin his video. Pin his video. Do it. Do yeah. one more time. All right. Here we go. All right. And done. Okay. So who do you whose body do you want us to Photoshop you on? If, <laughs> yeah. if we wanted you to be shirtless. I mean, I think I think McConaughey's McConaughey. yeah, McConaughey. like, like yeah. McConaughey would be a good one. If Fabio, old Fabio, maybe. Old yeah. Fabio. Ooh, old yeah. Fabio. Yeah, Fabio. I, like I can't believe it's not butter promotional era Fabio. I'm okay. assuming I'll have a half million followers soon, right after that happens. Yeah. Um, That's right. Guys, I Really appreciate you uh, taking the time to hang with me here. What are you What are you doing right now? To in how are you getting through this? You guys are both based in New York. Yeah, yeah, we're both in New York. Um, we're doing a little in person social distancing. We've been, you know, taking walks. You know, pretending that we're holding hands. You know, we miss each other. We miss each other's smell, each other's musk. You know, uh, yeah, so I get it. I get uh, it. no, but we're, we're we are meeting in person from time to time, but. It's a lot of Zoom. And we have, look, we have a team of like 60 people who work at Babe. And so keeping them engaged and focused, that's a, that can be a full-time job. Um, I've, been, I've been ordering a lot of experimental stuff off Amazon, um, trying to expand my horizons. I bought a watercolor set. I bought, um, I bought a butt plug that has a fidget spinner on it. Like it's literally on the top of it. Um, seriously? I bought, yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. Can you send um, me a link to that? I think I'm going to get that. Yeah. Yeah, so you should definitely get that. I can send you a link as soon as we're done here. Um, they sell other ones too. They have butt plugs with magic eight balls on them that you shake and Bluetooth speakers, all kinds of shit. Oh, man. Um, 2020 20 rules. I bought a karate outfit. I bought Rosetta Stone French, which I'll never use. It's basically just a lot of like, ooh, I'll use this time to get into something new, but I'll probably just use the butt plug. You bought a chef's hat. Speaking of the yeah. language thing, I, I, subs- I got this app called Duolingo. So it's Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're doing it on the app. So- but I, I feel like we're at, the relationship souring with me in the app because it's pressuring me. Because if I don't right. do it enough, I keep getting these notifications going. Where are you? You didn't. Right. You didn't come on today. And I'm like, get off my fucking back, man. 
Right. Fuck yeah. you, Duolingo. Jesus yeah. Christ. Muhair, woman. I know what it means. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so I, uh, everybody out there, get Babe. It's available everywhere, right? All over the country. Yeah, I'm going to take some photos. I'm go- I told a doc, Josh, I'm going out to Palm Springs in a couple of days. I'm going to be out there for about a week. So I will, I will, be, I will send you a photo, poolside photo of me sipping babe. Dan, oh. if, you, if you have a shirt on, I will be fucking furious. There will not be a shirt. You said you're at, at 11.7 million? Yep. Well, get mm-hmm. ready for 12. Because when they, right. they see these nips, <laughs> these nips, I, yeah. What do you Doc, what do you think his nipple size is? Dimes, quarters, sand dollars? What's he working with? Uh, I mean, could be could be saucers. And I'm not talking about those dinky shits under a teacup. I'm talking about flying saucers. Like Yeah, like real circumference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My whole chest is a nipple. It's just one giant. It's one like the you, giant. you know the basketball, what's his name? The basketball player with the one brow? Mine's just yeah. one nipple. It's all there. Well, you, we'll have to wait and see. I will send you we'll that photo. I, I, pro, I threaten. I threaten to send that photo. Well, guys, listen, I appreciate, again, being on the show. I, I'm, you know, I know you guys are probably busy there in quarantine, but uh, it was great having you. And I look forward to someday going down the Rosé shoot, all of us, hand in hand, yeah. touching, hand. Uh-huh. touching yeah. you, touching me and laughing oh, with Emily so cool. Ratajkowski on my shoulders. That's right. And, we'll, and, and honestly, I'll be going like this. <laughs> we'll just be laughing. Well, because like, you have a butt plug in. You have that spinny butt plug in. Yeah. Who, you can't colon. not be happy without it with a butt plug in. Yeah. There. yeah. You honestly, as soon as this is, as soon as this is over, it's on. It's on. Well, Josh Ostrovsky and David Oliver Cohen, babe. And we'll be right back with a word from uh, Manscaped. We're going to go right to Manscaped. Hell That's one yeah. of my sponsors. Are you scaping well, down there? Are you keeping it uh, scaped dude, up? I, I, own, I own a Manscaped. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. My, my dick yeah. looks like Zach Galifianakis' face. It's fucking, <laughs> I got a huge bush problem. Uh, and there's the image I'm going to be left with for the rest of the day. <laughs> that will haunt yep. you the rest of your days on the <laughs> All right, guys. You take care. Thanks, man. Dan, thank you. My friends, can I be straight with you? Right now is not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore. In fact, you shouldn't be going to drugstores at all if you can avoid it. Harry's knows this. That's why they ship directly to you so you can experience the quality of a Harry's shave in just a few days from the convenience and safety of your own home. Why Harry's? Well, it's a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. We're talking $2 a blade. They've cut out the middleman. Harry's uses a German manufacturer that's been honing precision blades for a century. Those high-quality blades go straight from the factory to you with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know, and they'll give you a full refund. So I've got a, uh, I got an offer for you. I've got a little deal. I'll make you a deal. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and listeners to my show, What We're Drinking With Dan Dunn, can redeem their Harry's trial at harrys.com slash drinking. That's harrys.com slash drinking. Redeem it. You're going to get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, some rich lathering shave gel with aloe, keeps your skin nice and hydrated, very important, and a travel blade cover, keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Because eventually you're going to get to go somewhere again, I promise. So go to harrys.com slash drinking to start shaving better today.
This is Colin Donnell, and you are listening to my favorite podcast that begins with the letter W. Take that, Mark Marin. Yes, yes, yes. Again, I want to invite you to follow me on social media at the Imbiber. I think I'm going to take a break. Maybe I'm going to take like a week break. I feel like a week break. One week, not week, W E A K. Week, W E E K. I take a one week break from podcasting just to refuel the tanks. But we'll be back, and I got a bunch of cool interviews and people coming up. And I'm hoping that soon enough we're going to be able to do some of these interviews for the show in person with people. And with that, I'm going to leave you. I made a mix a while back with, um, it was my uh, quarantine music mix. And, I, you know, I just feel like playing it right now, so why don't we do that? Are you lonesome? Do you miss me tonight? I don't know if you're noticing the theme here. See, there's a theme. What I'm doing here musically. Yeah.